What up my buttercups? How are you all? I am having one of those times where I have so many different circulating thoughts because I was reading some pretty cool articles recently that I've shared in my group, um, Awaken Your Inner Guru group for sure. Both of these articles are in there and I wanted to talk about them because I've been thinking a lot of things and it got me thinking about other things. So. Where do I begin even? I don't even know. I guess let's begin with dimensions. So while, let me give you a little bit of background on why I'm thinking about dimensions and different dimensions of reality. So I've been thinking about different people, personality, psychology, all these different things that I study, the mind, and I'm wondering if some people that seem disordered are really just experiencing different dimensions of reality and than other people and so like are we even comparing apples with apples when we're talking to people it got me wondering about autism people that are non-communicative are they experiencing different dimensions or altered states of consciousness the same thing came up when I was thinking about schizophrenia right hey Niall thanks for being here I'm glad you're here for this chat because I think this is this is a deep dive into some philosophical stuff. So I'm thinking like, well, shamanic journeyers, people that are shamans, travel into these different dimensions and realms and stuff like that. Similarly, people that experience altered states of reality from psychological disorder, like schizophrenia, are experiencing a different realm of reality. So I'm wondering, with these different realms of reality, if through spirituality we would be able to identify and figure out different things that will be able to help these people that are in psychology. So that's kind of why I've been thinking a lot about it. So I found this article on medium.com. It was actually originally posted on the physics.org website. Oftentimes I find articles on medium have been almost copied exactly from their original source. Um, so this article was originally published physics.org and then they republished it with some other author on medium.com. Um, I like the medium.com option if you look at it because it has pictures that help go along with the <clears throat> ideas. And since I'm a visual learner, I like it, right? It is a big topic, Niall. So, the dimensions of reality that this article talks about, the first dimension of reality is a line. It connects points but has no width or depth, okay? Dimension two, flat figures with height and width. Dimension three, all the spatial dimensions in which we exist. We think as our reality consists of three dimensions of space and one of time. In addition to three dimensions, we have height, width, and depth. It becomes possible to take cross sections of an object. When you get to dimension four, that's the dimension of time, okay? So this is a temporal dimension. Along with our three spatial dimensions, it encompasses the whole of our reality. The fourth dimension allows for change to occur in three former spatial dimensions. This, the four first dimensions, one through four, constitute space-time. Okay, so that's our concept of reality, right? Our perception of reality is mostly based on these four dimensions. So when you look at these other dimensions of reality, 
they become, after fourth dimension, they become imperceptible for people. So they are harder to understand for most people, right? Because like who spends time like thinking about this stuff other than, you know, people like me, <laughs> like a small fraction of the population, right? So dimension five um, is a world similar to ours. It has the same beginning as our planet. That is, it stems from the Big Bang. But there are noticeable differences between this world and the other. Our different selves make different decisions that result in branching future. This is the plane of probability. Okay, so when you're thinking about reality and you're thinking about the options in physics that we talk about with the wave theory and how we are one version of ourselves because it, science figured out that there is not really an, a possibility of it just being one because everything is a wave so every peak of the wave like if you look back there's like a version of you a version of you a version of you the same thing with reality so dimension five talks about those sort of like we like to sometimes conceptualize it as parallel realities like more than one version of us made a different decision and it branched off into another dimension of reality um, dimension six becomes a plane of new worlds allowing us to see all the possible futures and pasts stemming from an event like the big bang there's this game on my phone that I downloaded that has like, you go through all of creation from the beginning and then when you get to the end, it resets and it's like a simulation and you can do these altered realities then. It's kind of teaching this concept. So I kind of like that um, game. With the human brain, the measure. Right, Niall, you're, you're right. So Niall's saying, one through four dimensions are only the ones which are mapped within the human brain. The measurable dimensions of reality are based on 11 dimensions. Yes, exactly what I'm talking about, my friend. Um, so dimension seven, beyond this point, new universes may contain new forces of nature and different laws of physics. Their speed of light differs from ours. Universes here were not created by the Big Bang. So the reason I think about this and talk about this is because since we don't really, no one really has answers about consciousness, um, when we are experiencing altered states of consciousness or if people are seeing things that other people aren't seeing or, you know, just all these anomalies that happen, I'm wondering if people are just experiencing these other dimensions because they exist in the same space as far as I can understand. So it's just a matter of whether our consciousness is in this reality dimension or if it's traveling. And since we already know that people are doing these types of travels, I think that understanding the dimensions helps us understand where we're traveling, how we're seeing things, why some people are like, I had a dream the other night that you and I were like friends hanging out in some sort of different location. And it's not necessarily that it was a dream like it was imaginary, 
what if the person is traveling to that dimension of reality and seeing that? Um, or it's a memory from a past life or from the future, right? Time is a construct that we've created just to try to wrap our minds around the infinite, the infinite nature of the universe. So letting go of the construct of time and space as we kind of understand it allows for your mind to start accepting and understanding that these potential things could be happening and since science is still trying to figure it out um, by closing our minds to it no one's ever going to figure it out so we got to always keep the mind open to these other potential possibilities of what reality truly is and that's that's why I like to think about it keeping my mind open for expansion so dimension eight is all pasts and futures of each universe are showcased. This dimension may stretch infinitely. So sometimes I think of this as like it being a constant stream, sort of like consciousness, or it's a constant stream that sometimes you can tap into and see parts of the movie, right? Because um, I've been seeing a whole bunch of stuff lately from what I am envisioning being the past simply because it correlates to history of like ancient times but in reality all moments of time are happening simultaneously so maybe I'm seeing this and it's happening now but it's already recorded in our past in this dimension of this reality whoa does that make sense <laughs> Nobody knows what mind is. Within mental health and schizophrenia is suspect there is a crossover, but science cannot prove this. Right. I know. I agree. Um, there is a lot of crossover. And I'm wondering, I've noticed a lot of times people that have certain psychological or whatever issues that are considered abnormal have really great talents and gifts in other ways. Like, for instance, um, here, let me get through these last dimensions. Dimensions 9, 10, and 11, all laws of physics exist here, even if laws do not apply to our world and which would be entirely foreign to us, scientists do not believe there can exist more than 11 dimensions because conditions become unstable and particles naturally collapse back down into 10 or 11 dimensions. The twelfth dimension, for example, introduces a second time. Whoa. That would be really crazy to try to understand, right? While strings can only vibrate in ten dimensions, membranes can exist at eleven dimensions. It is possible that our universe is one such membrane. Um, so, in the eleventh dimension, it says... It is at this point that everything comes together in one dramatic orchestral display. Everything and anything that is possible resides in the 11 dimensions. Every physical law, every world, every beginning and end, an infinity of universes ornamenting the multiverses. So I know this is like a really big concept, especially if you're not into physics, but I do think that it's an important thing to touch on, especially if people are traveling and doing, you know, other things and trying to understand where they're going or what is going on. I like this topic. So the reason why I brought this topic up 
it got me starting to think about, well, what is the connection, if there is a connection, between autism, empathy, enlightenment, and traveling, um, different dimensions, realms, states of consciousness, right? All this stuff started circulating in my head. So I put it all into Google, and funny enough, my good friend, well, in my head, good friend, Ram Das came up as having written an article or talking about the same exact thing, which is a synchronicity for me because Ram Das's path keeps popping up in my face, you know, like he started in the psychedelics world and did whatever, and I was briefly involved in that with healing, and then moved past that into this other stuff, a lot of philosophy from India, which he also did. And he's coming to these conclusions, or he did, come to a lot of these same thought processes and conclusions that I have been coming to, so I found it real funny that his name popped up, having already been talking about this in his life, in his work. Synchronicity is being studied. Yeah, I, well, Carl Jung did a lot of good work with that, but it's not scientific. We all know, no, it's real. Yes, I know. While it is defining things is important, right? If we're all talking about the same thing, then we can talk. But if we're having different definitions, that's why I always like to define things first to try to make sure that we're all on the same page. Because in science, it's just like, that's how my mind works. Let's define it first, and then we can hypothesize around the definition and actually have a conversation. Um, okay, so Ram Das says, he was inadvertently saying that autism is natural enlightenment. And that was like what I was wondering because I know it's a spectrum, autism spectrum, but I'm wondering, like, a lot of times, oftentimes, the emotion and social interaction for people with autism spectrum disorder is a challenge. And I don't know if it's hard for them to communicate because maybe they feel so much that their senses are overloaded and so over time, if you are autistic, you may develop already innate things for survival that actually are also on the path of enlightenment. Like for instance, pratyahara in yoga is a practice of controlling your senses. This is something that I think people do as a survival technique if they're easily overstimulated. People with autism oftentimes are easily overstimulated, right? You've seen kids wearing those things covering their ears because of sound or whatever. Um, and autism is not the only thing that creates this overstimulation, but people that are generally overstimulated easily can benefit a lot from pratyahara. But I think the people that were born or grow up with these issues develop some of these things as survival instincts to try to help them through life, not knowing that it's also helping them towards enlightenment because they're the same techniques that are taught 
for people that are on the spiritual path to enlightenment. You know what I mean? So I think that there is a chance that people that are on the spectrum of autism are more readily there at that point of reaching cosmic consciousness because they've been practicing these things just to survive in this 3D world that we live in. This is my, my thinking. This is what I've been thinking about. So um, I don't know if that makes sense to you. I mean, there is this whole article about Ram Das and what he's thinking about. Um, another one of the things is autistic people sometimes have childlike behaviors and um, have a difficulty expressing themselves, similar to like a child. But they also have the childlike curiosity and they can become very focused and fixated on things. And high-functioning autistic people, their intelligence, autism doesn't affect intelligence at all. So if you're able to communicate and you're a high-functioning autistic person, I think that the odds are really good in the favor of seeking and attaining enlightenment um, if it's put into your field of vision. So just always thinking about ways of possibly helping the mental health field um, because I'm always thinking about these things, you know? So I don't know what you guys think about it. I'm hopefully going to have a discussion with some people in a group situation to talk about this stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that was what has been plaguing my mind space. Um, I've also been doing some reading of the Vedas, like directly from the Vedas, which is not as challenging as I thought it would be, you know? Like picking up Shakespeare and trying to read that for me is a real challenge. Um, but this is actually pretty easy to read. So that was good news. So with synchronicity, do you think that it is a sign that you're on the right path and, or is it a message or is it both? Can there ever be, I guess the question is, could there ever be a negative synchronicity? Could there ever be a synchronicity that is sending you a message that something is not going according to plan or do synchronicities only occur when you are on the right path so there's that to ponder right i guess you can read into what your synchronicities are meaning the meaning behind it so i'm gonna pick a random sutra again I'm gonna try to keep it in the front of the book though, so that way it's not so challenging to describe if we don't have a lot of background. Okay, this is actually really fitting for what we're talking about. They kind of, there's like three of them that go together, so I'll do all three, let's see what you say. Autism. Oh, come on. Phone. I see your comment, but it won't let me see it. Let me go to my Facebook on my computer real quick. Because then I can read your comment. Um, let's see here. 
That's not right. <laughs> What's up, buttercups? Okay, so here's my video. Let's see what you're saying, Niall. Oh, you said okay, I will shut up now. That's funny, I don't want you to shut up. I like having a mutual conversation and not just talking at people constantly. Autism, in my opinion, is an inability to deal with love and overprotection. They focus on what they feel are good at. That is how they cope with sensory overload. But logical, for example, Elon Musk. Yeah, that's interesting. Elon Musk could be a high-functioning autistic person. That's, that's possible. Um, I was reading into more about autism also. Um, since autistic people have a hard time expressing how they feel and communicating with other people, it can be very isolating, which can cause anxiety, depression, obsessive-compulsive disorder, eating disorder. I mean, it could just keep manifesting however, you know. And so it has a lot of other things that go with it. Like they're saying how it can lead to violence oftentimes or even narcissism because sometimes if there is an inability, like a, not a high functioning autistic person, but somebody that doesn't, they're not able to pick up social cues, it seems like a lack of empathy and they can almost seem narcissistic. When in fact, it's not narcissism, it's an inability to comprehend social cues. Um, but then other times, it's the people are highly empathetic and able to actually feel and read people's energies. So it could go either way. So before, in closing, I wanted to give you these three sutras. Um, number 33. By cultivating attitudes of friendliness towards the happy, compassion for the unhappy, delight in the virtuous, and disregard toward the wicked, the mind stuff retains its undisturbed calmness, right? Which is really, it's so, such a short sentence, but it really embodies how to stay peaceful within. So it's pretty smart. Um, the corresponding ones after it um, says, or that calm is retained by the control and exhalation or retention of breath. So through pranayama or breath work. And, or the concentration on the subtle sense perceptions can cause steadiness of mind. So pratyahara concentrating on the senses and being able to to concentrate on the subtlety it helps cause steadiness in mind which is true or by concentrating on the supreme ever blissful light within also true or by concentrating on a great soul's mind which is totally freed from attachment to sense objects there's so many ores. I, I thought there were only like two ores, but there's many ores. Or by concentrating on an experience had during dream or sleep. Or by meditating on anything one chooses that is elevating. Gradually 
here we go. Here's the last one. Gradually, one's mastery in concentration extends from the primal atom to the greatest magnitude. Dun, 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 dun. So, I hope that you have a really great day. Niall, thank you for being here and chatting. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your energy and your, your mind stuff. It's always good to have some intellectual conversations about these really big topics that, I mean, I really enjoy thinking about and theorizing and, you know, coming up with ideas. And I know it's, it's not like, I don't know, a super popular topic, but I think physics and dimensions and the unknown is exactly where I should be because the unknown is the exciting. It's like, I feel like it's being like an explorer, right? Before everybody knew where everything in the United States was, there were these pioneers that would, you know, travel and explore and seek out other worlds, you know? I feel like I'm a Christopher Columbus type, just a curious mind that loves exploring and most of the exploration for me is thought exploration. So I hope you guys enjoyed going on this thought exploration journey with me today. <laughs> and I'm sending you so much love and good vibes. I don't know what we'll talk about next. Um, if this is a topic we like talking about, maybe we can take an even deeper dive into physics. But um, I think surface level physics is enough for me. But I'm always willing to take a deeper dive if you guys want to. So. Um, that's about it. Happy days, and I will talk to you soon. Sending you good vibes. And Niall, if you want to chat, send me a message, and we will get started with, I don't know, whatever deep dive topic you'd like to chat about. <laughs> For everybody else, have a really great night.